I'm John DiLibretto, and you're hearing the Echoes Podcast. Today, I've got a couple of fascinating and strangely related features for you. In our first, we take a flashback 50 to East of Eden and their debut album, Mercator Projected. It's a seminal progressive rock album that combines psychedelic music, classical, free jazz, and trippy lyrics that presage to bands like King Crimson. In fact, one could say that King Crimson ripped them off. East of Eden from Mercator Projected. Another major element of their music was Middle Eastern influences, and today we remember a giant of that sound, Egyptian percussionist Hassam Ramzi. He most famously collaborated with Peter Gabriel on Passion, as well as Robert Plant and Jimmy Page and Phil Thornton. We'll go back to an Echo's feature on him from 2002. Before we get to that, I want to remind you to drop us a review on your podcast provider like Apple Music and be sure to subscribe to the podcast, which comes out every week with great artists and interviews. And now, take a flashback 50 to 1969 and East of Eden's Mercator Projected. Today I've got a flashback 50 to a band that fell through the cracks of psychedelic music and progressive rock. I suspect that even many prog rock fans aren't aware of East of Eden, a group who might rightly claim that they were ripped off by King Crimson. Claiming that King Crimson ripped off anybody is a bold statement, but let me tell you the story of East of Eden and their debut album, Mercator Projected, released in September of 1969. It begins in Bristol, England. It wasn't the music center it would become in the 90s, but that's where key members of the group got together in 1967. Guitarist Jeff Nicholson and saxophonist Ron Keynes had been playing in jazz groups when they met multi-instrumentalist Dave Arbus. If that name sounds familiar, it's because he was the violinist on The Who's Baba O'Reilly. Dave Arbus was a classically trained violinist who turned to jazz. He picked up saxophone and would do the Rossan roll and Kirk thing of playing two saxophones simultaneously. They actually called themselves the Electric Light Orchestra for a minute, well before ELO began, but they changed it to Pictures of Dorian Gray. They were performing more R&B material like The Midnight Hour and My Girl until they heard artists like Jimi Hendrix and Cream and started stretching their sound. After the name change to East of Eden, they released their debut single, King of Siam, in July of 1968. The king of Spain, not a chance, said the king of France. I'm sorry I'm late, said the shake of Kuwait. I meant to come sooner, said the Viceroy of Luna. If only I know you were on the boat, I'd have brought you along, said the Duchess 
King of Siam only gave a hint of what was to come. After a few personnel changes, they record their debut album, Mercator Projected. It's a seminal recording of progressive rock, merging influences from Frank Zappa, psychedelic music, and free jazz, along with a bit of bar talk. They topped it with Eastern and Gypsy motifs that you can hear in the oud-like guitar solos of Jeff Nicholson. violin riffs of Dave Arbus. Jazz was never far from the group's sound, and you could hear it in Dave Dufont's polyrhythmic drumming, but especially the saxophone and flute playing of Dave Arbus and Ron Keynes. East of Eden presage groups like King Crimson. A heavy metal riff, insistent melody, saxophone freakouts, and filtered voice singing tripped out lyrics on their song, Northern Hemisphere, were like a blueprint for Crimson's 21st century schizoid man. Reverberations from their eight-minute workout in the stable of the sinks could be heard later in fusion bands like Return to Forever and the Mahavishnu Orchestra with its multi-part themes, crunching riffs, and free soloing. of the moody blues east of Eden suffused some of their songs with Mellotron. Bathers is a song centered by that instrument's smoke-shrouded strings and tonium a sound that was both pastoral and ominous. Sometimes There are witches 
Important than their influence was the journey they created on Mercator Projected. It began on the cover with the Mercator map, complete with sea monsters drawn on the back of a nude woman, and the hilarious Egyptian garb the band wore, hopefully tongue in cheek, for the album's group shots. East of Eden took you into another world of exotic rhythms and complex harmonic arrangements that merged multiple reeds and violin and, of course, the hallucinogenic mystical lyrics. Coupled with brilliant, somewhat Pink Floydian production and engineering by Noel Walker and Derek Varnals, respectively, they carried you into a land that seemed far flung from reality. can't stop talking about this album without citing bassist Steve York. He had an incredible, deep, soulful tone and could drop the most pyrotechnic fusion-style bass lines, but also created rumbling riffs that churned your bowels and could have sat on a Black Sabbath album. of Eden's Mercator projected never got very far in terms of popularity. The label, Darum Records, did nothing to promote it. I just happened to hear Northern Hemisphere on WBCN in Boston, but it's a record that has stayed with me ever since. This incarnation of the band with a new bassist and drummer went on to record Snafu, which revealed the influence of John Coltrane and Charles Mingus even more. That's a great album as well and actually made it into the UK Top 30. They had a minor hit in 1971 with the instrumental Jigga Jig, a trio of rocked out Irish reels. By then, the band was disintegrating, and the albums they made were much more, shall I say, conventional. Members of the band are still around. Steve York left after the debut and went on to play with Manfred Mann, Dr. John, Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, Eric Clapton, Marion Faithful, Mick Jagger, and countless others. He's currently living in Mexico. Ron Keynes played with British free jazz artists Keith and Julie Tippetts and Evan Parker. Jeff Nicholson worked in visual art 
Arts, designing graphics for the Rolling Stones, among others. Dave Arbus, he's reported to be playing Le Jazz Hot, a la Stefan Grappelli. The Dawn of Progressive Rock is usually considered to be King Crimson's debut album in the Court of the Crimson King, released in October 1969, but East of Eden's Mercator Projected is just as powerful. It was reissued in 2004 on Eclectic Records and can be heard on streaming services. East of Eden's Mercator Projected, a forgotten artifact from 50 years ago. You can get a hold of East of Eden's Mercator projected at echoes.org. I'll have a link there for you in the posting for this podcast. And now we remember Hassam Ramzi. He lived in the place where a lot of the Middle Eastern rhythms and motifs you just heard with East of Eden came from. You may not know his name, but you've heard the Egyptian percussionist adding Middle Eastern grooves to Peter Gabriel's Passion, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant's No Quarter, and with Phil Thornton on Immortal Egypt. Awesome Ramsey had about two dozen solo recordings to his name and countless sessions. He's traveled with Bedouins and rock stars. Awesome Ramsey beat his last groove on Tuesday, September 10th. He was only 65. Let's go back to our feature on him in 2002. Kimberly Haas strips away her veils with Awesome Ramsey. The anonymous suburban development south of London looks like any other. Two-story homes with a garage, where most residents park their cars. But Hassam Ramzi has parked his recording studio and an arsenal of drums. There's drums all over the place. I'm trying to empty this room from drums so I can have some, some room to record, but then I, I try to do something and then I bring all these drums in here and, you know. Darbukas, dumbeks, frame drums and tablas are sprawled across the room. Hassam Ramzi sits amongst it like a Buddha, rotund and smiling, with a mustache and glasses. You've probably heard Hassam Ramzi, even if you've never picked up the 20 or so CDs he's released under his own name. Peter Gabriel heard one of those albums in 1988 and asked Ramsey to play on Passion, his soundtrack to The Last Temptation of Christ. First of all, he liked the whole drumming on the thing, he said, but particularly the song Zar. The Egyptian Tsar is a dance performed to drive away evil spirits. The Tsar rhythm has two beats to the bar and is very spooky. He took the actual song Tsar from my introduction to Egyptian dance rhythms and uh, slowed it down and wrote some music on top of it and then he invited me over to play it live and to make an arrangement for the actual song itself and of course to ask my permission to use the rhythm. Hassam Ramzi wound up playing all over Passion 
and it catapulted him into position as the leading Middle Eastern musician in England. He's recorded with Robert Plant and Jimmy Page of Led Zeppelin and countless others. New Age guitarist and composer Phil Thornton heard the percussionist on Gabriel's Passion album and collaborated with Romsey on a pair of CDs, Eternal Egypt and Immortal Egypt. Thornton says Hassan Romsey is very adaptable, but also very particular. His main tabla that he plays has a very definite note to it, and you've got to be aware of that. And some people, when you get in a studio, they don't consider the tuning of the drums. And of course, someone like Hossam would not be able to work with people like that because he's not just someone who bangs a drum, he's a master percussionist, and these things are obviously very important to the end sound. Some Ramsey's parents wanted him to be a doctor or lawyer. But Ramsey, born and raised in Egypt, heard the beat of the drum when he stumbled across some Bedouins while riding his horse in the desert. He says they became friends and Ramsey would travel with them. Picking up a drum, he reveals some of his Bedouin rhythmic lessons. We have uh, an instrument called the duf or bendir, and they would have two or three groups. Each group would be playing one side of the rhythm. So the first group would be playing this kind of thing. And then another section of the group would be playing an opposite rhythm. If that one was going doom, doom, ta, one, two, two, the other one would be playing. And then there will be a third person playing um, something like this, you know. And then there will be a fourth soloing guy who will go On his CDs, Ramsey puts all these rhythms together. Ramsey wanted to play Western rock and jazz, so he moved to England, performing on trap drums in jazz groups. But the sound of skin on skin was calling, and he returned to his Egyptian roots. Much of Hassam Ramsey's music is centered around dance, and many of his CD covers feature his wife or ex-wives in belly dancing garb. If a dancer can make me hear the music with my eyes, that's the ultimate. And also, if the music can interpret a dancer's movement, then that is also the ultimate kind of height of communication between body and soul. Despite his album covers, Ramsey doesn't just play for belly dancers. His music runs the gamut from New Age-style world fusion to jazz improvisations. He even had a European dance hit with a song called Edony.
Hassan Ramzi is creating a bridge between Egyptian traditional music, Egyptian pop music, and the sounds of the West. As we speak in his studio, he's working on an album for the American ethno-techno group Waterbone. As the music pounds out of his speakers, there's no doubting Hassan Ramzi's passion. Once I hear of a new song being made and they want some Middle Eastern sound in it, I'm just like, let me at it, you know. Hassam Ramsey's latest albums include Kanun El Tarab on the art label in England. Ramsey can also be heard on Peter Gabriel's latest CD, Up, and two albums with Phil Thornton, Immortal Egypt and Eternal Egypt on the New World label. For Echoes, I'm Kimberly Haas. That interview was from 2002 on Echoes, Hassam Ramzi, gone at the age of 65, leaving the planet on September 10th. I'm John DiLiberto. Thanks for dialing up the Echoes podcast. Don't forget to donate at echoes.org. That's echoes, E-C-H-O-E-S dot org, O-R-G. See you next week, tonight, somewhere in the country on the radio or online right now on Echoes.